Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Grumpy Pony podcast. In this edition, I was really happy to be joined by a couple of members of our Grumpy Pony community, which um, was Mark and Nathan. It was great to speak to them. We haven't really had a chance to meet up properly since lockdown and, and all that. So this in this episode, we're sort of talking about the importance of the social aspect of our hobby and all the new previews and things that have been announced in the last couple of weeks, which has been a lot. So we try and cover everything in here. So from the stuff from Mantic, Games Workshop, um, Gale Force 9, all of those sort of things. There's loads of stuff that we talk about. We have a really good laugh. Um, unfortunately, Nathan's audio was a bit sort of spotty in this one so when we do sort of ask him to sort of speak up every now and again and it is a bit sort of jaggy but um hopefully it doesn't affect your enjoyment too much but without further ado uh, let's just get right into it thanks very much everyone hi guys um thanks very much for joining the grumpy pony podcast this week and uh this week's a bit, bit weird this week so we've been having loads of guests on so I just thought it'd be really nice to catch up with you guys, see how you're all doing and what you've been up to. Um, and I, Mark, you went back to work this week, didn't you? I did, yes. Working back in schools, uh, which is it's good fun to be back, actually. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I've been homeschooling for quite a long time and actually doing a real job again is, is quite nice. <laughs> yeah. It will, you know, hopefully it's going to be the, the sort of the slow move now to sort of getting everything else opened up and like, you know, the shop and stuff getting opened up. The, the sort of dates we've got at the moment is, is sort of April the 12th to potentially reopen and get, get everyone in. But at the moment, we don't know for sure if dates are going to move or if restrictions are going to be in place or what restrictions will be in place. Well, fingers crossed we're, we're back to some kind of normality fairly soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there's still loads of really cool stuff going on as far as the hobby goes. So there's been loads of different previews from loads of different companies. For me, like one of the biggest ones has got to be the new Warhammer Quest game that's been announced by uh, Games Workshop, the Cursed City. I am super excited by this one. Um, I'm actually I'm not going to get it, um, only because I'm trying to be really good with my backlog at the minute. Um, I think it's probably the, the only game that I've been really excited about that I'm not actually going to buy. Um, but it looks phenomenal. Like there, I think there's about eight heroes um, in total, something like 52 minis. Um, the artwork on some of the map tiles looks incredible. I know the community site did a, an article this evening about talking about kind of the artwork on some of the map tiles and they do look phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, so I, I love all the models in there. I picked up Blackstone Fortress before, so if, it's, if it plays anything like Blackstone Fortress, and I know we played a, a remote game of Blackstone Fortress, didn't we? Yes. Um, yeah, that was good fun. Any, yeah, if it plays anything like that, then it's going to be absolutely fantastic anyway. So, and the models on top, those look absolutely fantastic. It's right up my street. It's my sort of game. So I'll definitely be picking myself up one of those. I think they've been kind of honing down the whole quest mechanics over that. You could see the kind of progression from the Silver Tower through to the Hammer Hole. Um, and then obviously with the 40k one, it's kind of, it's got better each iteration. So hopefully... Yeah. This one's going to be even better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what the um, expansions are going to be like as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nathan, have you, I know you you've seen the the Warhammer Quest stuff, haven't you? Yes, it's absolutely amazing. It's got a vampire ogre, 
what more do you want in life? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I love the the, yeah. the hero ogre as well. He looks was he corpse eater or something? He's called. Um, yeah. He looks. He, he looks to me. He kind of reminds me of like an old fashioned ogre in a lot of ways. He looks like an old imperial ogre. Yeah, I got my um, 90s ogres out of the deep, dark recess they were in and started having a look at them. And I think they could uh, line up next to him quite nicely on a battlefield with their kind of Eastern-style spiky helmets. Yeah. yeah. I'm quite, I'm, enjoying, I'm quite enjoying the guy with the shovel, actually, as well. Oh, what, the he, sort of like the gravedigger type guy? Yeah, very sinister. The way he's kind of ripping ripping the tombstone up and there's like a zombie attached to it via a nail. Which, yeah, yeah, right up my street. Very and then dark. you've got all the, the different zombies as well, where they've all got sort of like the top of their coffins attached to them. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they've been kind of nailed in place, so they don't, they don't go walkies in the middle of the night. Yeah, uh, it's but not, not worth like ripping them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it looks great. Um, huge fan of that. Well, I'm going to be a huge fan of that when it comes out. And I know, you know, like I say, if it plays anything like the other game, this it was what to love about it. See, I so say I'm not going to get it, but I, I more than likely will cave. <laughs> <laughs> we know how these things go. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's in the same sort of vein as a few games that I really like. Like Blackstone Fortress was one of them. And the other one that I picked up recently that really, really just sort of, I was like, I have to get that for, for two reasons. And it was, um, it was Aliens, you know, Aliens, Another Beautiful Day in the Core. And... If anyone hasn't seen it, it's basically the game that everyone's been asking for, which was Space Hulk, but with aliens in it. Oh, phenomenal. Well, aliens, not gene stealers instead. But, uh, you know, you've got your, you know, your, your Marines and everyone from the films in it, and the missions are tough as anything. Um, but I'm just sort of working my way through the actual set and painting them up. Um, what have I got? How are the minis? Are they, are they nice, and, nice and crisp details? Yeah, they're absolutely great really easy to put together like there was no so like if you're not an expert on building anything or if you've got no experience they're really easy the sprues themselves they've all they're all numbered how you would expect like probably if someone's never done it before the most confusing part of it would be the aliens mm -hmm. purely because they have alternate heads and all the arms and legs can fit on any alien okay. so it's a little bit more confusing because but things are marked up so simply that you should just be able to pick it up really easy, really easily. And the game itself um, just looks like a really sort of, for me, like a nice button-down version of Space Hulk. So, so you are you replaying like actual set pieces from the movies? Yeah, yeah. So various missions are sort of reliving those bits. So one bit you've got rescue new, um, other bits. Yeah, there's an expansion that's out where it's actually the Solarco where Bishop's been torn in half and you've got to take on the Queen. <laughs> so like yeah that is and you, you know you got the power loader and all that so yeah. oh, it's all about the power loader yes yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, it looks absolutely awesome and i can't wait to get it finished and get it painted so we can have a go go at it oh i look forward to that yeah yeah but it was oh that's what i was gonna say but with this one of the interesting little mechanics i'm a little bit of a sucker for these little, little rules that just sort of make it it's like just a quality of life thing but obviously Aliens, you're going to have loads of these alien models on the table. And the way they've got around it, uh, by, they've got around it by basically giving you blips, you know, similar to like Gene Steelers, you know, you get the blip 
and you turn it over and it says that's how many gene stillers there are but instead of turning it over and it's saying four and you put four genes that four alien models down what you do is you keep that blip there and then put one on top and what it does is it just it represents that many so if it kills one there's little tokens that you then take away and they're all just stacked on top of each other so it just just makes everything a bit tidier on the board and one gene one uh, alien represents multiple aliens yeah i just think it makes more sense so then everything's nicely compacted on the board and it's not just an absolute mess of tokens and models everywhere what's it like in terms of kind of the card stock and the, the cards and everything is it is it a bit of a mess or is it no it's, it's all really nicely done um where is it where's my box i've got the box right here So, I mean, yeah, this makes great radio. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so let me grab the so the actual cardstock itself. So it's all they're, they're all solid pieces, but they're all double sided. So you've got sort of the alien hive on one side and um, Hadley's Hope on the other side. So you know you've got corridors, you know all that. It's all on there. And all of the sides are double-sided and similar to things like zombie sides, the boards can be put together in different ways to create different playing surfaces and things like that. Right. So it's all good and it all fits nicely into that box. So it's nice and easy to store. And the, there's a nice big section in the box to put all your models in as well. So everything's just all in one place, ready to go. If only I knew a friendly local game store that sold it, that would be, uh, that'd be the ticket. Yeah, if only. I think I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i mean those, those are the things i was most excited about though i mean like those sort of quest games and those sort of you know dungeon crawlery games for me i've been getting into more and more and i think mostly because of lockdowns and things like that where i want to have a go at something i want to play a game have a bit of a narrative and things like that and they're great because they have these sort of solo elements that you can play and it gives you an opportunity to learn the game as well so when people actually get a chance to play I can be, right, here we go. I know how this works. I've already played through it. I know kind of what to expect. I'll, I'll new... Sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, they're great for pulling new people in as well, aren't they? You know, a, a standalone game, you don't have that um, kind of trepidation of, oh, I've got to look at this big rule book and an army's book and that kind of stuff. It's just, I can learn these rules and it's a, a good kind of access point for people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, someone else, you know, if you're playing it, you've played it on your own and you've, you've gone through the rule set, you're, it's, you, you, it sort of gets rid of that really awkward part when you try and teach someone a game and something comes up that you weren't expecting. Do you, you know, cause, and you only, it only comes up when you're actually playing a game for real, do you know? So Yeah, we had a similar experience, actually. Um, we were playing Dungeon Saga um, over like Zoom chat uh, recently. And it's the same thing. Look, I, I hadn't, but comprehensively gone through the rule set, um, which probably wasn't ideal as a, a teaching game, <laughs> but what we did, and uh, it, it went okay. And it was just a case of, you know, if you come up against the rule that you're not sure about, look it up as you're going along. And th that particular rule set actually is nice and simple, uh, simple enough that you can just pick it up as you go, um, which that's probably my recommendation of the minute is Dungeon Saga. Yeah, well, you know, Dungeon Saga and, and Mantic, are, they're doing some great stuff at the moment. And they've just, 
well, they've just announced loads of new uh, releases for well, the, the, the Ratkin, they call them. So it's their sort of their Skaven, isn't it, really? So I'm, I've today I'm almost at about 2,000 points of undead for Kings of War. Um, but my second army, if and when that happens, is definitely going to be Ratkin because some of the new models they've got coming out for that are phenomenal. Uh, and it, you can kind of convert stuff over. So they've got Kings of War, which is like their fantasy setting. And then um, uh, I, the name skips my memory. Uh, Vanguard? The, no, the sci-fi version. Oh, um, Warpath. Warpath. Warpath, thank you. Yeah. Um, so the Veermin are kind of the, the Ratkin sci-fi version. Uh, but they're all, the way they've been designed, uh, they're completely cross-compatible. So if you want to do conversions with sci-fi bits or just different heads with gas masks and stuff, you can totally do that. Um, but yeah, the, the new kind of, I, I think they're called Ratkin Warriors. They're just like the, the chaff. Yeah. Um, some of the sculpts on them are fantastic. The new heads with the hoods and things. Um, and what I like as well, I read they, um, the tails, when you're ranking them up, um, they've done the tails so that they kind of loop back to the back of the legs. So when you're ranking them up, they're not like knocking each other over. Makes oh, that's good. To rack them up. Yeah, yeah. A lot of thoughts kind of gone into it, which I really like. Yeah. No, I like the sound of that. I mean, some of the, I'll say there's some of the war machines that they announced the other day with like the, the sort of monsters sort of pushing the war machines along. You see those? No, no, I missed that one. Oh yeah, they did. I think it's got like, they've got like nightmare creatures actually in the machines. Oh, fantastic. Um, and they're, they're like pushing them along. And the, the nightmare stuff is really good. I, that's what I want to do. I want to do an army of those night stalkers. Oh yeah, they're the ones with the uh, killer scarecrows and things yeah. like that, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely give that a go. Once, once I've done my dwarves, I think I'll, I'll Try and get some of those guys done. There's um a couple of new army boxes for Ratkin, I think, as well, or, or like a a, start, a new starter set and an, yeah. an army box and a vanguard set. Like they've gone pretty pretty heavy with it. Yeah, they've got they've got a two player starter set which has the new goblins in it as well, and they've got some, yeah I like that. Yeah, so the, the new goblin stuff as well is they've they've really stepped that up. I've not really paid too much attention to the goblins, actually. Are they? You heathen. <laughs> Never been one for green schemes, I have to say. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. They've got some great character on the faces and stuff for the new goblins, which yeah. are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and and you know, when I was talking to, to Ronnie uh, not too long ago, he was saying, obviously, they're making a push to sort of make these armies their own you know there were there was obviously sort of a lot for a lot being said for people using their old miniatures in kings of war but now they're sort of really making those models their own i think that's coming across now yeah and they're doing a cracking job as well yeah i mean i, I i've heard i've heard rumors and i'm i've heard some rumors that there's going to be some new trident realm stuff as well and you know that sort of stuff. From what I've seen from like some some people that have shown me, that stuff looks like it's going to be really good. Trident realms as well. I'm also looking forward to um, some more of the Armada stuff that's just been released, uh, and some of the stuff that's forthcoming as well. The um, Empires of Dust, I think, is coming 22nd of this month. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I I have pre-ordered some of that stuff, um, but I'm quite looking forward to when we can eventually get back to gaming doing a kind of 
massive campaign where we've got a bit of Armada, a bit of Vanguard, a bit of Kings of War, and just kind of write the story through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and it will lend itself to it, though. I mean, like we can make the whole campaign, you know, you can do beach landings or whatever, you know, we do naval engagements and they will all tie in. It's actually something I, I was really think Nathan should get involved in Kings of War because I think it's something he could really, really enjoy. Well, yeah, it's definitely on my list. Um, but I do have a very large plastic mountain. But, um, yeah, I do want to do some uh, of that kind of mantic stuff because, you know, it's what I, when I first got into Warhammer Fantasy, you still had um, Man of War and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. So I like the idea of that, uh, being able to do a skirmish level stuff a naval engagement and like full-on battles all in the same um, realm and with rules that hopefully are kind of similar to each other at, at least in at some kind of basic level so you can kind of follow it through from beginning to end yeah yeah i mean i will from my understanding well the, the rules for for me that when i was sort of shown how to play kings of war that was the winner for me because it scratches that sort of rank and flank massed battle game for me. You know, you've got the big blocks of, of units, but it's also like really easy to pick up. Like, I've, only, I've only actually played one game of it, um, but it was in that one game kind of enough for me to see that, yeah, this is definitely mm. something I want to get into. And on, on the back of that one game, I started painting like 2000 points of undead. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's nice and simple and straightforward and, my first they're also on bases. Well, they can they can all just be on one big rectangular base if you want, Nathan. Exactly, but it's you know it's a proper shape, it's a square <laughs> base for fantasy. That's that's a sensible move. There you go. Well, yeah. For, for fantasy, yeah, high fantasy, you've got to go on round bases. Uh, I think we'll have to <laughs> for arguing about after the podcast. <laughs> um what was the other thing i was going to say well yeah i mean mantic are just sort of they've got loads of stuff i think at the moment where i i think i'm, I'm find, finding it where before i would be always sort of checking what games workshop are doing and, and seeing what they're sort of up to i'm slowly sort of checking on mantic sort of periodically i'm like okay what's mantic doing now you know what what's coming up and i'm getting more and more excited about some of the stuff they're coming out with because the quality just seems to be getting better and better as well. Yeah, they're also kind of, they've got the Mantic blog and they're doing a lot more sort of stuff that's aligned, very much aligned with Warhammer community site. Like they're doing mm. um, hobby heroes and they're recognising like YouTubers who who kind of do really good things for, for Wargaming and yeah, just painting guides and it, they're very much, obviously they're not quite at the scale of Games Workshop, but no one else is really. No. But they're... Um, they're certainly doing that kind of thing and it's from what i've seen it's going down really well yeah yeah well they seem to be doing all the right things at the moment so i look forward to see what they're going to be doing next but having said that looking at what games which have re recently sort of announced so monday was the sort of reveal of bellacore the bellacore model um yeah i'm not familiar with the old model but i have to say this one is is pretty impressive yeah, I mean, well, the old model was, he was kind of like, it, well, they, they've kept a lot of 
the old model in it. Sort of a lot of the wings are very similar and things like that. Um, and his pose was slightly different, but they've obviously just made him a lot bigger. Um, and he, and he was like before. I think he was like pointing or something. Um, but now he looks like um, very imposing. Very imposing, and it'd be a great. Um, Yes, another sort of really great big sort of centerpiece to have for your for your army. So whatever army you pick, if you pick demons, whatever, forty k off fantasy or age of sigma, you've got this huge demon character in it now, who's not sort of like he's not corn, he's not Nurgle, he's not anything, is he? I like as well because he is, no, got, uh, he's he's kind of cross system. So uh, as part of his base, you can have I think there's a new Primaris captain, another one. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a corpse kind of having his soul sucked out on the base. But also if you're using him in um AOS, there's a Chaos Warrior, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's a great, little, a great little addition, yeah. Magnets, I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I I think I think I'll put a, a Chaos Warrior on there, sticking with my Chaos Army. Because he's bound I think he I think he is slaves of darkness, he's gotta be. I I think that's right, yeah. The question is then, is it Bellicor or is it Archeon? Who would win in a fight? <laughs> oh, it's got to be Archeon, surely. Yeah, I, I, I think... What was that, Nathan? Well, I said Bellicor's gunning for him, isn't he? He's not he happy. Well, he's never happy, is he? Well, no, he's only happy when he's upset. So <laughs> it's kind of always happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be Archeon because he's got the big mount as well, wouldn't he? His old horse, these three-headed thing. Yeah, yeah. that it's is my one, my one day, one day model. One day I will do it. Yeah, uh, that's I've the thing. been well, saying that for about two years, so maybe I need to just get on with it. Yeah, just but I want to make it make it today, not one day. But I mean, because I, I I love doing those centerpiece models, those big ones, and like I've just finished. Well, I say I've finished my giants, but I could probably do with a couple more gargants in there just to sort of put a few. I need to sort of have two full squads of three, so I need to paint two more up, and then that would be the full army. Have you got any idea for the kind of concept for them? What the the two let the two new ones? Mm -hmm. Not yet. Well, the idea being with mine is that they're going to have at least one thing in common with one of the big guys. So one of them's wearing a boat on his back. Another one's been punched in the face by another one who's really bruised up. Um, he's got bruised knuckles and one of them's got a big shiner on his face. Um, and I'm another one's sort of wading through water as well. So it's just trying to make them all sort of match up in different ways. In like really, But I don't know what I'd do for the other two. But there's enough options in those Giants kits to make, I reckon I could do 12 giants all completely different, like easily. Yeah, I think they're a bit of a kit bashers paradise. Oh, they really are. They're, I mean, before the Mega Gargants came out, the Giants kit was my favorite kit of all time. Just just because you just get so much. And, it, and I, I was still using bits from the first Giants kit that I'd ever got in stuff that I'd done recently. <sighs> Just because there's so many bits in there, there's like little towels and barrels and things like that that they just get used on everything whenever I get a chance. But now I've got loads of them. I think once lockdown's kind of over, 
I'd be quite up for having a session, just like a, a kit bashing session, where we all bring our bits boxes, sit around a table, and just pick and choose, and just come up with the ultimate build, and have like a maybe like a six hours where you've got you just kind of construct whatever you can, you know. Whoever whoever comes up with the craziest idea, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I love that. We could do like um. Oh, build your own inquisitor or something like that. <laughs> yes. Is it, what was it? The I was in White Dwarf, wasn't it? The oh, I want to call it. Was it Blanchitsu? Where the Blanchitsu, gods, yeah. Yeah, where they were they were making their own warbands, weren't they? Yeah, all inspired. I can't remember his first name. Was it something like Ian Blanche or something? John. He did loads John, of oh, John Blanche. Didn't. John Blanche, because um, he did loads of artwork that's kind of quite scratchy and surreal. Yeah. So it lends itself to those insane kit bash builds. It's also, yeah. it's it's spawned a whole other game as well, um, Inquisitor 28. Uh, I think Inquisitor was um, like 54 mil scale kind of skirmish game years ago. It uh, wasn't terribly popular, but it's got like a massive cult following now. Um, and it's it's been kind of scaled down to 28 mil scale, um, and it's it's essentially just Blanchitsu style kind of you paint your model and then you kind of oil wash it and then drag off all the kind of top layer of the paint and it gives this really kind of grunged up, filthy looking um paint job on it. But it's also it's about kind of kit bashing stuff and it's it's really kind of weird and wacky out there, um, Mechanicus infused nightmares which yeah if yeah, you're into that thing it's it's amazing no they're great i mean i've been looking at those and i was just like it's one of those things where i'm just like how have you i mean i look at my bit box and i'm like i'm sure there's something in there that's useful but to come up with some of the stuff they come out with i mean they're good with green stuff as well which helps but um some of the stuff they come up with is actually just genius like there was one that i saw where they got the helmet from one of the Gene Steeler cult quad bikers, you know, the sort of like almost like an astronaut's helmet. So they'd got one of them and they put it into like a, they'd made like this sort of grav lifter thing and they made it like um like a baby in a tank thing, you know, a bit like um that game that came out uh, with Norman Reedus in it. What was it called? I can't remember. But anyway, there was a game that came out. Norman Reedus had a baby in a jar essentially and they did that. But like Blanchitsu. Sounds very dark. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very dark. But yeah, it looked it looked great. The way they did it, it looked really good. Um, but yeah, that sort of stuff looks just great. Um, but like the same, it's just about just waiting until we can get back and meeting people in person, I think, isn't it? Like these sort of things would be loads of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've definitely missed that and kind of campaign gaming just kind of knowing that you're going to meet up every couple of weeks and, and play a game that's part of like a continuing story. I've, I've really missed that. Yeah. Because I've, I've still, well, I've, I've finished off the Age of Sigmar one. So the little campaign book that I had written for that mm -hmm. with this sort of, you know, the matchups all sorted out now. So that's ready to go. So if we've got four players that want to play that, we can do that. I might, I might even make that available on the community page as well. Just so people, if they want to, when we do reopen, get four people together and just play through a campaign some aos yeah sounds like a great idea yeah 
um, I'd be tempted to take. See, I'd be tempted to uh, use my Giants for that one, just to see what they're like. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely. Uh, I'll have a bash with my Nurgle against them, definitely. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, no. I've, I've just thinking I can't really take them because I'd need to have a Warcry Warband out of that as well. Because the way that campaign I've done it, you have Warcry scenarios in it as well. <laughs> so I couldn't really because I can't have a. Well, I could take a Giant. Um. But I think it wouldn't be like a legit. Do you not have ogres? I could have ogres, but the way seriously outnumbered, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but the the way the the Sons of Behemoth work is that if I want to do just a solely giant's army, they don't ally with anyone else. So it's only if the the only thing they do ally with is the um, fungoid cave shaman, and that's it. If they and let the only other way you could do it is if you had say like ogres and then you can have one mega garden with you. But I want to have all three on the table. Sorry, go. You could justify it story wise by um just picking whatever you want as the war cry band and saying that the ogres have bullied them into it. Go yeah. and do this little thing for us, or I'm going to stomp on your house and your friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I could do. I guess I could do. Um, I suppose I, I suppose I've just got sore memories of the last time I used my ogres in Warcry because uh, I had all the lead belchers in it, um, and I was playing Tony, and the, the weather, you know, the, the sort of the conditions card came up, and it was, and it, it basically said any shooting attack over three inches are unusable. Like you just don't have the range to use it, and the lead belcher's range is um, has a minimum range of three inches. So once they're within three inches, they can't shoot. So it's like crazy. Uh, I've, I've got these lead belchers that can't shoot anything. The only thing I'm thinking as well with the giants is if you try them in Warcraft, it's like a kind of objective-based mission. You're going to yeah, be kind there, of there outnumbered. Are. The, the, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be the issue in Age of Sigmar, that as well. Mm. That, um, you know, because Sigmar is really objective-based. And that's why I kind of think I need two more of the smaller guys just to give me sort of more options to go elsewhere. Because although, yeah, they're really tough to take down, there's some units in Sigmar that will chew up a giant in no time at all. Like, I think the Idenef have got a few few units that were just they're just designed to take out monsters and there's a lot of um there's a lot of special weapons as well that are just designed to be stronger against something with the monster keyword so unless you're sort of mob handed you might i might i I probably will struggle against some armies um but it's hard to tell because at the moment i don't know anyone who's had a real chance to get them on the table and play them properly no, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to that definitely. It's, it's you would have thought by now the amount of painting that theoretically I should have had done would be a lot. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> I, I've had spurts of loads and like doing loads of painting and then just basically basically building loads of stuff. So it's been, it's been a lot of retail therapy over lockdowns, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which has not helped with the pile of shame, pile of opportunity. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, 
uh, was it Nathan? Can you hear me, Nathan? I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. I apologize for my poopy internet. No, that's all right, mate. That's all right. Um, I was just going to ask you as well. Sort of. Um, so, what, what you've got your your pile of opportunity? Um, you know, what, what else are you looking forward to? We, what do you think you're going to be playing as soon as you can, as soon as you can get back in the, into the shop? Well, um, my Death Guard um, are coming along, so I'd like to give them a, a run out. Um, but I haven't played any Age of Sigma yet because you know my aversion to fantasy on round bases. Yeah, um, but you're getting there. You're like getting better. Been me for so long. I'm um, <laughs> doing some Doors of Pain. And I picked up that Barathi book off you as well. And that's yeah. got some really cool kind of old style Dark Elf kind of armies you can build out of it as well. Yeah. So that's made pile of opportunity grow exponentially as I'm adding more and more <laughs> Darkling Coven stuff to what I want to paint to go with the uh, Witch Elves. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to trying Age of Sigmar because you've won me over and Age of Sigmar has won me over with kind of how they're developing the story and, and all that kind of stuff. I think the way that you can pretty much do whatever you want in the fantasy setting now is is really thrilling. So yeah, I'm gonna have to give the game one we can meet up. Um, oh, yeah, I'm really, I mean, I'm really I'm glad you said that, just, actually, mate. Yeah, it's um, it's only taken me a few years to get over the loss of the old world. Well, but, but you know what? I mean, it is only ready. It is understandable in, in a lot of ways. Obviously, it was a big shock to a lot of people that have been in the hobby doing that. That was their hobby for, for so long. So it's not like I don't understand that that is, you know, obviously a huge thing for people. But, well, like I've said to you in the past, it's like, yes, that's gone. But don't let that sort of ruin the fact that there's something else cool that you might be able to enjoy. Yeah, definitely. And... Um... I've kind of like the different realms and the flavor of that as well. So obviously this new um, Warhammer uh, three total wars coming out and they've said that Cathay is going to be part of it. Yeah. And I over the years been collecting little bits of classic miniatures and stuff like that with the idea of kind of doing things like Cathay and Ind and that kind of stuff. Um, but rather than looking back, I'm going to try and use some of these kind of lion shields and bits and pieces like that to do like a, a beast realm army, but we're flavoured with cafe. So we kind of look at the future and to the past. So, yeah, nice. That's in the pile of shade as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the way to do it. You know, I mean, we can just be, you know, it's like, you know, things happen, you know, different armies don't get supported, others don't. But you just got to get what you can out of it, I think, sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking a bit more at that um, kind of freedom a bit more. So, you know, the great thing about things like Cities of Sigmar and stuff like that is that actually it's an opportunity for me to do like a unit of... Because, you know, I'm terrible. I've collected all these things over the years. Like, yeah, I'll do a massive 4,000-point Kislev army once I've done this massive 4,000-point other army and that 8,000-point other, like, mental. But 
with Cities of Sigma, you can do a little bit. So instead of having to paint this gigantic force, it's like, no, I'm going to do a unit of converted Kislev archers and they'll be that thing from City of Sigmar. And yeah. So yeah, try to be positive instead of drowning in my own ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll still end up drowning in your own ideas, but at least you do it positively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do it one unit at a time instead yeah. of mad army project. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, no, I'm glad you've started sort of coming around that way because that is sort of kind of what I enjoy the most. I mean, that's why I tend to, well, at the moment, I think that's why I'm enjoying the, the Kings of War stuff as well, just because of the whole multi-basing thing where you can just go to town in any way you want or not. Like, you don't have to. You can just have regular bases on them if you want. You know, that's that's really cool. And I really like that sort of flexibility and just allowing hobbyists to just just hobby rather than sort of going right here's the pre-prescribed thing that you have to do yeah i must admit i kind of i did try the multi-basin thing um i'm glad i tried it it's not for me because i i this you spend too long not knowing what the final thing's going to look like until that last minute where you stick your guys down and for me it's too long to kind of get a sense of how it's all going to come together yeah but i i get i get the kind of creative freedom you get with it which is awesome and actually there's a friend of ours who I, I know will love it when we can finally coax him into doing it um yeah i think some people are more suited to it than others yeah you're talking about pat i am talking about pat yeah 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 well if he can even that army will take about six years for him to make but as soon as he does it it's going to look amazing oh absolutely once he finishes his sisters if he ever yeah well they're looking great as well i think didn't he didn't he have He's having like he's getting attention from Peachy now and all sorts of things. Uh hobnobbing with the celebs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's good. He's good. But then Pat's always had this thing where he'll just come up with an idea and right like me and you, or, or I don't know if Nathan, Nathan's probably the same, I don't want to talk for him. But um we'll look at saying go, yeah, that's a really cool idea, but I'll probably do a shortcut and just try and do it as close as possible without really having to do as much work as that or in my case just bottle it and be a box art wanker <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah but then pat is like this is the idea i want it's, it was like when he was doing that corn army and he's like i want every base to be full of skulls so it wasn't like <laughs> but it wasn't like i want to just cut skulls up to off everything to make it look like there's skulls in it he literally wanted to fill every single base up with skulls, which I just thought was... I think he went through, like, a couple of boxes of the Citadel skull box. More than, more than a couple. More than a couple, for sure. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but, there, yeah, that's what he enjoys, though, isn't it? He enjoys sort of getting down into the sort of, this is what I'm going to do, and almost sort of problem-solving how he's going to do it. I think that is, for him, like, the, what he enjoys the most out of it. Yeah, he always thinks outside the box and the stuff he comes up with. Like, his Instagram just always blows me away. Yeah, he's an absolute mad lad. Mm. His Venturian Nobles are brilliant. I think that's how Peachy knows him, is because of the Venturian Nobles. So, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen that, I'll put a link into Pat's Instagram on this uh, this this uh, podcast, because uh, it's worth checking out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'll probably, he'll probably love that, that we've been mentioning him in the podcast. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's that actually is the point, isn't it? Like, we've all been sort of still still in contact and chatting 
throughout lockdown and everything. So it's been, you know, it's been almost a year since anyone's had a chance to actually get together and actually roll some dice and stuff. And I don't know about you or or Nathan or anyone, but for me personally, yes, I am really enjoying the sort of solo play games and things like that at the moment. But I think, you know, for me, I've really missed the social side of gaming. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's one of the things I was talking to uh, Duncan about on a previous podcast, which was a lot of people just assume that people who do this hobby are introverted and just stick in, stick in their room and don't do anything. Whereas I've always said... Which is partially true. It's, part, it's partially true, but for the most part, really, it's when we're just not like that. We, we want to be out meeting people, talking to people about our hobby and rolling dice in, in, in company, you know, and chatting. And, you know, I'd rather, you know, just do that and have a chat with someone and socialise than sit in front of a computer screen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, whole, the whole hobby, like every aspect of it, you know, there's so much to gain from it. Yeah, yeah, there really is. And, you know, I've, I've said to Nathan and I've said to Tony in the past, you know, I've met so many friends just through this little, you know, this crazy little hobby that we all have, we all share, you know, this thing that we all sort of really enjoy, you know? Yeah, without putting too fine a point on it, actually lockdown has been made a lot easier having contact only, you know, even just via text message or by video calls or whatever. But with our gaming group is kind of, that's kind of kept me on a nice level even keel i think without it i think i'd have been struggling a lot more than i have and you know i've struggled definitely but certainly less than i would have done i think yeah because we've got that sort of mini support group there almost yeah absolutely i've definitely definitely benefited from that yeah for sure good to get that feedback on the the stuff you know you said we're all introverts uh, living in our our rooms i wish i'd could be happy with that because then I wouldn't go out and talk to people and I'd actually paint all the things I meant to paint <laughs> um, but you know being able to talk about you know those ideas and and like you said earlier on Mark that um who's gonna win Bellacore or um Archaeos, all that kind of stuff as well the the oh well what if this happened or the you know how is this army going to develop it's you know there's so much going on in in the kind of social side of things beyond just um the rolling dice and and it's a good point of mickey taking as well isn't it you know a couple of friends meet up there's always the one that you can take the piss out of for always rolling ones or thanks, oh you thanks, bought thanks. that cheesy army again well what's the point of me setting up this one you know yeah yeah absolutely um yeah we can have a laugh and when I've, when I've tried to explain to people who don't do the hobby and stuff, you know, like what it's all about. And for, for me, one of the biggest things is the, the social part of it, you know, being able to sit there and, and chat with people that you wouldn't normally have a chance to sit down and talk to for that long, you know? Yeah, I've kind of picked up most of the little kind of hobby tidbits, just sat at the bar at the Grumpy Pony, just chatting to somebody I've never met before. Oh, have you tried this thing? Oh, no, that's an amazing idea. Thanks for that. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. We've not really had that, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back to that. Yeah, no, I can't wait either. I can't wait. I'm going to be back up at the shop tomorrow, just trying to get things slowly ready for for the reopening, which will be, if it does end up being in April, it will be our two-year anniversary. 
Oh, fantastic. So if it is, we'll, we'll be looking at sort of announcing some something nice for, for the for the opening. Although I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. I don't know if that's actually going to be the date yet. So I don't want to put anything for definite in the diary, which is the frustrating thing. But I'll just be glad to be opening it. Mm. Oh, what was that, Nathan? Be big cake. Big has cake. To be big cake. Yeah, well, no, yeah, of course. You had muffins at the opening. The first yeah. year anniversary, we sadly, you know, couldn't celebrate. So that sounds like, you know, double or triple cake, really. Definitely, well, definitely at least double cake. <laughs> I'm always up for double cake. Yeah, I'm not even sure what double cake is, but yeah, we'll go, we'll go double cake. <laughs> oh, that's pretty Well, look, guys. I think, unless anyone else has got anything else they wanted to, they wanted to mention or, or talk about, I don't think I've got anything else to talk about. So, um, My only thing is a little bit of gushing over the Lumines. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the previews for that are really exciting. You know, to return to my whinging about the, the demise of the old world, um, kind of those hints and look back at the old world that's coming through and all those new Lumineth miniatures is amazing. And I'm particularly excited about the floating island scenery. Um, even if I don't end up getting a Lumineth army, I think I'm definitely going to buy that and have it as, you know, an objective or piece of scenery for games because that's, yeah, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, imagine that as just sort of like the, the centre objective in a game. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Um, I, I love the, they seem to have gone for this really sort of Japanese aesthetic for them as well that I wasn't expecting for the Lumineth. And um, yeah, I really, I, I like it. I mean, I'm not an elf collector normally, you know, I, I go for goblins, dwarves, anything like that. But I looked at them and I was like, oh, maybe, you know, they're, they're pretty damn good. Well, I've picked up the, um, oh, the Underworlds box that I, that I got off you that has the Lumineth and the, um, Hedonites in it as well. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. Those little details on the base, you know, those, as you say, Japanese style bonsai trees and the little bits of kind of ears of corn and stuff that, um, yeah, it, it has that kind of Zen garden to it. And looking at the kind of new releases, it looks like little bits of that are going to be available for you to put on your base and stuff. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I love that kind of Zen elemental, as you say, pseudo Japanese kind of style. I think it's cracking. Yeah, yeah, it's really, and it, it all seems to tie in with their sort of theme. Is they all seem to have sort of elemental magic, don't they? There's it's like earth and wind and things like that. They always seems to be. Yeah. So yeah, the they're, they're going to be awesome. Sorry, mate, I didn't catch that. And that big kind of fox wind thing. Oh, yeah. Which like again the is slightly kind of Japanese, the fox of the wind kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, he's like an archer or something, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he looks really good. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about him. There was one guy that I really liked, and I think I completely missed him in the actual preview, but he's like, he, he looks like he's riding a cloud. Yeah. The, one that. of the new kind of elemental shamans, isn't he? Yeah, I love that guy. He, he, he he's great. I, I'd be tempted to get him just on his own. Yeah, loads of them, I think, are standout figures. You could even get him, use the cloud, and uh, return to the 1970s and put, like, a monkey magic 
hero on top of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, mate, yeah. Well, what a great point to end on. Yes, Lumineth. Yeah, they're, they're looking good. I, I haven't seen the new book yet. Um, is, I don't think the new book's out, actually. The new Battle Tome. Didn't they have a box set released not long ago with the Battle Tome? That was... Yeah, but there's, there's going to be a new one coming up, new Battle Tome, with the new... with when I, It can't be out yet, actually, now that I think about it, because it will have the new units in it that haven't been announced, that haven't been released yet, so... Won't it come out once they've... Uh, well, it might be just before or just after, but obviously Broken Realms Techless is going to be... That would make sense. That would make sense if it comes out with Techless. I think there's going to be a few more Broken Realms, though, aren't there? A lot like the 40k campaign books. Yeah, and I'm really, really looking forward to them. Um, that Marathi one is is really cool. It's building, you know, the old world had so much detail in it, and that's what these are, are kind of doing for Age of Sigmar now. You've had a kind of the general build-up of some of the earlier box sets, and now these are really delving into, like, characters and areas. Um, so you can still do whatever you want in Age of Sigmar, or you can go into kind of... No, I'm going to be from this area that there's loads of really detailed background and history on, which I think yeah. is important. Well, I mean, I, and, and the, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and the thing is, the, the way they've done it is they've said, yeah, the, there's this stuff going on in these realms, but these realms are so massive that it, what we're seeing is only in a small part of it. You know, it's not even a fraction of the entire realm, you know? So you still have so much freedom to do whatever the hell you like. Yeah, you get best of both worlds with it, I think, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, great. Totally agree with that one. So, anyone else got anything else they want to ask? No, all good. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for this. Um, it was great just really to catch up to you, with you, just see how you both doing, as well as just having a podcast as well. So, we killed two birds with one stone on this one. Okay, so that was another episode of the Grumpy Pony podcast. So thank you all so much for listening uh, and taking the time to uh, give us give us your support. It is a great support for our little shop in the middle of Kent. So um, keep listening, keep passing this around. And the more views and listens we can get, the more support it is for our shop and our community. Uh, it was a great episode. And for me, you know, it was great to hear that, you know, the, the social part of the hobby is still going to be as alive and strong. And uh, I look forward to catching up with everyone in person when we can reopen once I do know the dates. So thanks again, everyone. Um, let everyone know about the podcast and I'll catch you again next week.